It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast, the home edition against the Cheetahs. I'm Alan Deegan and I've got William Davis here on a, at the moment, beautiful night. Should be a cracking match. Yeah, it's a fabulous night. It's a bit cold. Good atmosphere building up. The drummers giving it full tilt here. Uh, both sides gone through their warm-up, gone back into the dressing rooms now. So let's see what happens. It was a madcap game today between the Kings and Ulster, so uh, maybe something similar, but uh, maybe not quite as tight would be ideal. Uh, pitch looks in fantastic condition and uh, very expectant crowd. It certainly is. We'll talk again on 20 Minutes. Penalty going to be kicked towards the post. The Connacht have decided to utilise this first bit of pressure in the uh, Cheetahs 22 and this first little opportunity. Craig Ronaldson is going to do the kicking. He's two from two this year. He hasn't had too many opportunities this year. But he uh, led all kind of kickers last year in terms of kicking percentage with an 89% record last season. Left boot, left footed kicker, right hand side of the field, placed it on pretty much on the 22 metre line and 16 metres in from the right hand touch line. Certainly the Cheetahs, as expected, look good and with ball in hand, but vulnerable when they're turned over. Ronaldson, the kick. Has he struck that well? He certainly has. Good crowd in the terrace behind the goal. Applauded. Connick lead by three points to nil in the sixth minute. Blade to Carty. Carty to Finley Beelan with a James Cannon support line behind him to clean out the rock. Blade digs it out, gives it to Carty. Carty, what a pass going there from McCart- into the hands of McCartney and it allows Connick to break with Nia Diolokin and Adiolokin is away! Brilliant from Adiolokin. He steps inside the last tackle and scores underneath the post from halfway. Okay, we're 21 minutes into the game. We were just waiting for a stoppage in play because the, this has been an all-action game, William, and Connacht lead 10-0. It's absolutely breathless stuff. Um, they're playing a very free and easy game. They're just passing and running at every opportunity. Connacht having to work very hard to make their tackles. So far, they've dropped the ball a couple of times. And Connacht, w- worth their 10-0 lead. Fabulous try by knee. Adiolokun back to his base, turned the afterburners on, gone straight in. And uh, so far, so good. But uh, this is hard work. A lot of concentration needed to just keep watching for really fast attempts to move the ball, sometimes a bit overpaced by the Cheetahs. It is, but it's really exciting. <laughs> we'll talk again at halftime. We're set again on the 22, middle of the pitch. The ball is being fed in by Blade. Muldoon at the base. Blade is ready to dig this out this time. Connick trying to drive forward. They've got the penalty in front of the post. Here's a kick from Ronaldson, first of all. It's gone through the post as you'd expect. 13 points to nil to Connick to win the 30 minutes first half. Stoppelberg is 11 metres inside the Connick out to field. So as he stands to get ready for this kick, he's kind of standing on the 10 metre line. Very central position in line with the left hand post for the left footed kicker. He chips it towards the post. That wind isn't too strong because it definitely has the legs. It's gone over the bar in the last kick of the first half. Okay, William, half time. 13 points to three Connick lead. Bit of a scrappy second 20 minutes. Yeah, got very. Difficult. Uh, these guys have a lot of line speed. They crash in. They're very physical. Connacht kind of lost their shape a bit. Started almost playing a bit like the cheetahs, and that has played into the cheetahs' hands. Uh, they haven't maybe carved out a lot of clear-cut opportunities, but they're still well in this game. Um, little things I think can be fixed at half time, but it's hard work. Uh, the line speed of the Cheetahs is phenomenal and they don't seem to miss a tackle. So it's uh, it's hard work, it's entertaining, but it's not maybe the highest quality rugby. No, no, it's enjoyable. Um, we'll see how it goes in the second half. We'll talk again in 60 minutes. James Cannon, the big second row, keeps the momentum going. Quick ball might do it. Finley Beelan with the pick and go. Connick get closer. They need to whip it there, perhaps. 
It's slower now. But they're only two metres from the line. One pass out. Have they got over the line? They're almost there. Referee gets around. It is in the score. Masterson, I think it was, that was carrying that time. Blade just looking to see can he get some support there's going to be a pick and go on the fringe they're very much close to the post there to the right of it Buckley with the pick and now Connick they've got laid it off they've got over the line they've got the touchdown we'll see who it was that picked it up as they went around the side Buckley was behind them anyways and Connick have the second try of the game should have guessed it would be Tom McCartney it's his style to pick and go at the base he's very hard to stop from that close range and uh he ha- adds to a try haul for Connacht. This is sixth all-time try for Connacht, the second of the season. The conversion this time from Jack Carty with Ronaldson off the field. OK, William, we're just shy of the 60 minutes. There's a bit of stoppage in play. We'll, Connacht are now leading by 20 points to three. Yeah, you would hope that would be enough to see this game done. Good, uh, hard try by Tom McCartney after some uh, good work on the ground by the forward packs. It's still a very physical, very hard game. But you'd have to say the Cheetahs, once they get into the Connacht 22 are really struggling just to keep the ball in hand so 20 minutes left and you Connacht in control but you still feel there might be something from the Cheetahs yeah let's hope there isn't and we'll talk again on full time 14 minutes to go it'll be an awful shame if Connacht have to finish this game you know on the back foot defending and trying to just hang on they have a big enough lead that you think they can do it but the Cheetahs haven't offered enough but you've got to feel eventually they're going to find a way through with all these mistakes from Connacht they're crashing the ball up on the 10 metre line after the kind of clean line out that Connacht can only dream of in this, uh, this half here's a chance for uh, the Cheetahs and they burst right through and there it is there's a one chance that they needed they're going to go in and score and it's the replacement Makajima the fullback who just burst through the tackle and gets in over the line really really good stuff didn't quite catch who he got through on was it uh, Healy in the end what a finish from Makajima from 35 metres out game on 13 minutes to go this is what they do they score from anywhere 6 minutes and 15 seconds left at the sports ground Connacht 20 the Cheetahs 8 Connacht have a kick in the centre in the middle of the pitch probably in line with the left hand post to be exact 12 metres inside the Cheetahs half Crosby the man taking it Steve Crosby has drilled that perfectly that's a fine kick the young man who's looking to try and work his way up the ladder in terms of the pecking order of outhouse in this team 24 years of age great kick from Crosby and it's three scores now and it makes the game almost safe Mompimpi we said to keep an eye out for him eight tries now he leads the league in try scores has scored a try Joe describe that try well there was a, a penalty infringement uh, about uh, 10 metres in from the far left hand t- or the right hand touchline that Con- as Connacht were defending uh, in front of the clan terrace uh, the big second row forward for the Cheetahs took a quick tap fed Mompimpi and he just scampered in on the left hand side uh, got a good try for the Cheetahs which has been converted ok William Final score was 23 to Connacht, 15 to Cheetahs. That was a bit hair and scare at the end. Yeah, I mean, Connacht got decimated with injuries. They finished up with three props on the field. Connor Carey replacing uh, James Cannon, so playing second row. It got very messy, very hard, very physical game. Uh, a good win. And the fact that the Cheetahs got nothing out of it. I don't think they deserved anything, and it was important for Connacht to keep them out. But they'll be happy with that win I think um, it really does show tightly they were I think we were caught a little bit by the type of rugby that Cheetahs were playing Southern Hemisphere a lot of speed but they were quite inaccurate and I think Connacht did well uh, in defence but the injuries knocked them off and probably this little break is going to be coming at very much the right time we'll leave it there and we'll talk again when we get everybody around to have our thoughts afterwards and there's plenty of AOB
That was a hard physical game. Oh, look, it was hard to watch as well. I didn't think we got into the game at all. Not, not the way we could have, perhaps. Um, there were times during the game I thought we, we could up, ramp it up a bit, but no, we just, we just went there mentally, I don't think. And was their line speed and physicality, Southern Hemisphere sort of style, was that a little bit of a shock, do you think? Uh, personally, no. I, I think the physicality of the Munster game was far, far greater than that. I just, I just thought we were a bit average around the small aspects of the game, but the important aspects, you know. So um, th that was my view anyway. Getting four points and keeping them uh, pointless, that must, uh, that must contribute to something. Well, obviously that's, you know, the, to the victor goes the spoils, but, um, you know, they could feel a little bit hard done by. Um, I thought um, if the game had gone, at, you know, any more minutes, they might have scored again. Um, things were starting to fall apart. Defensively, we made some massive strides uh, against Munster. Um, so it's a real head-scratcher to me, um, why we could revert back to to pretty average D um, from the previous week. Would the injuries and the reshaping of the team, having to have guys playing out of position and having to rejig on the hoof, would that would that have contributed to that? Yeah, yeah, I think there were things within the game, and you know, we wanted to give a lot of people uh, opportunity in this game. Um, and it was, it probably had an unsettling effect and then we had a little breakage just after we'd make a substitution and then, you know, things things weren't great for us up in the box either, but, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I just, I, I, I still just think it's a mental thing for us. Um, I think Munster probably drained us a little bit more than, than what I anticipated and we just didn't turn up properly and would would some of that be just you're coming to a little break now in the season the first break in the season is there a danger there that you could switch off because of that um, look that's been a big focal point all week from me towards the team is that uh, you know and that's one of the reasons we're training next week um, so that we didn't didn't do that but um, no, they were just a bit too cunning for me, I think. Um, Newland, Daiwai coming on, seemed to tighten things up a bit, seemed to enjoy the physicality of the game. Yeah, Newell, he's, uh, he, he's been biding his time. He's probably a little frustrated, you know. Um, probably probably would have liked to have more football, and we certainly would have liked him to have been uh, available more often. But, um, yeah, he did. He added a little bit of starch to our performance uh, and it was needed so you're training next week and then the following week is is the the week off is it yeah yeah we'll train next week yeah we, we we're trying to put a fair bit into them next week okay william that was uh kieran kane not a very happy man no he was frustrated with that performance he's uh i think really disappointed that 
he's seen them take a step back in certain things, that they've gone back to doing things that they weren't doing last week against Munster. He's obviously somebody who expects continuous improvement or at least to hold your level. And when you don't hold your level and you go backwards, he's pretty annoyed about it. Um, I think as well, it's been a long run of games and I think he, he always looks very tired after a game. I think he, he really lives the game. Uh, in that way and I think tonight he thought they I actually think he thought Connick were a bit lucky he, he basically said if it had gone on a bit much longer that they could have been in real trouble um, didn't like the exit strategies and felt that some of the attack was a bit anemic that they were just passing the ball along and not really getting a pattern uh, so they're not going on holidays. They're actually having a training week next week. That was planned. It isn't because of this match. Then they're going to get a bit of time off um, because they f- he he feels they have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I, I think they do. Lindley? I think Kieran Keane said himself afterwards that he has high standards. Yes. And I think that is that is the point he's trying to make, I think, is that while we are very happy with the four points, um, very happy with the first half, in fact, to have a, a, a 20.3 lead, he's not happy about certain aspects of the game, which he describes as some are negotiable and some are non-negotiable. Um, and I think, you know, it's also, he, you have to remember that he's... Uh, he, he does like this continuous improvement and he's seen that continuous improvement over the last three matches and then what he saw, he expects it to go up to the next level at the next game and, and, it, and it didn't tonight. And maybe, yes, he, maybe he does have high standards and maybe there was the second half was, was pretty disruptive. He, he talks about the fact that, you know, people, maybe it's a mental thing that, you know, people aren't being able to concentrate. You know, there is that as well, but you also have to appreciate that, you know, look at the weather out there at the moment. It's, you know, if, you know, he talks about players shoveling shite. Well, if you look at the weather out there tonight, it is pure shite, you know. And, <laughs> and you know, uh, look, like everyone says, take the four points, learn from it, use it to, to um, look back, review, improve. You know, there will always be, there's always room for improvement. No one's perfect. So I say... Look, after ten matches, they've they've now got four in a row, which is which is you know a, you know a, a vast improvement from from the first few matches. Take it, have a rest, and and start again for the next four blocks. Next block. Yeah, yeah. He spoke about this at the press conference. Or, sorry, Nigel spoke about this at the press conference on Tuesday, prior to the game about not l- slackening off after Munster. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he sees that as slackening off, and it was emphasised all week. And I think that's something that the players, he just, he wants to avoid the situation of just having massive performances for the likes of Munster and maybe a game in Europe. And then suddenly these guys turn up and there's not quite enough focus. Um, And that's a challenge for him to get the message across to the players. And it's also a challenge for the players to to work on for them. So, um, Tiernan Halloran came in then and uh, we'll have his, his views. Tiernan, that uh, looked a pretty tough physical game out there. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I think it 
especially this year when, with the South African teams coming in. Um, traditionally, I suppose South Africans are big physical guys. Um, we were actually just speaking downstairs in the change room, even their backs, like they're built like back rows, you know. So um, we kind of felt that a few times. We were trying to get it to width. We were um, getting hit hit back a bit on the edges. But um, look, we planned for that. We knew what was coming. So I think that's why we mixed it up a small bit this week, um, this week with kicks in behind and things like that, just to kind of turn them around and get them um, play a bit of territory. So... Um, look, we, we, we won the game, not the way we probably would have liked to win the game, but um, it's important to get that win. Uh, their line speed looked um, pretty intense. They were making their first up tackle, so it was you needed to be very accurate. Yeah, we did. Um, and obviously, you know, it was a greasy ball. It was tough, uh, tough conditions, but I, I felt in the first half we did that pretty well. Um, we handled that and we, we got some good go-for ball, but... Um, I think the last kind of 25 minutes there got pretty scrappy um, for maybe both sides, a lot of scrums, a lot of resets. So um, there's a lot of ball on the ground and things like that. So um, it kind of slowed the ball down, affected us a small bit. But um, we had to adjust, I suppose, that line speed. And again, that, that's why we kind of changed up our kicking game a small bit as well. Were you happy with the way the kicking game went? Um, yeah, I think it was a big improvement. A big improvement on last week. Um, again, similar to Munster last week, there was a couple of big kicking duels that went on for a while, and um, we probably came out on the wrong side of it a couple of times, and our kick accuracy was pretty poor. But I thought tonight, um, something we, we put a lot of work on during the week, um, and I think tonight it was a lot better. Um, and we put them back, even though we knew they were going to try and run it from their own line, anything like that, because so, they're dangerous. They're, they're, they're seriously quick guys, especially in that back three. So. Um, I think it was important to get a good line chase and it's something we worked on all week and, and thankfully we, we uh, were pretty solid on our kick chase. And with the changes that you had to make with, with injuries and the, re- the resetting of the team and moving people into maybe unfamiliar positions, was that a particular challenge in the last half hour? Yeah, I suppose. Like Obviously, you know, Matt was asked to win the 13 there, which is, which is a position he hasn't played before, but he did very well. Um, obviously, I know there was um, one mistake in defence, but apart from that, he, he did very well. And um, It is tough you know, to go into a position that you're not used to, um, and especially that 13 channel. It's like I've trained there a couple of times in training, and it's, it's incredibly hard to defend. Um, you have so many people running at you. So, um, yeah, it is. And maybe there was a, a small bit of adjustment with that. And obviously, there's a few guys coming in and out with changing things as well. So, um, there was a, a small bit of readjustments to be made. But I, I thought we um, we did okay considering. Um, obviously, we'll probably look back now. I'm sure there's a lot of improvements we could make on both attack and defence. Um, I think attack maybe was a bit tough at times because we probably, our set piece, struggled a small bit in those last 25 minutes. So, it was tough for our backs then to launch. Um, but in phase play, I think we, we did pretty well getting to the edges anyway. Four wins in a row um, going into this uh, first season break. Uh, has that sort of settled everybody down and got got everybody refocused now on what's coming? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we had a, a really disappointing start to the season. Um, we were, I think it was a one from six there for a while. Um, and, you know, everyone was pretty down. And it's, it's tough when you're in that position and you're coming in here every week. You're trying to figure out what we're doing wrong and what we need to work on. But... Um, Thankfully, I think that, that European break came at the right time for us. Um, it just meant it's kind of a, a just time to adjust to a few things. And we got a bit of squad rotation. We got guys fresh again. Um, I think the last two weeks now in the back in the league again, um, especially that Munster Inter program, that's really lifted us. Um, but like KK said, we've still a lot of work to go on attack. Um, our attack shape is still, is still um, a bit off in terms of what we'd like to do. So... Um, I suppose look, it's good now. I suppose like that we've the break has came at this time. Even though, in one way, we're we're coming off the back of four wins in a row, so that's momentum. But on, at the other side of things, there's a lot of work we need to do. Um, we've had made massive strides in our defence. You know, they were a serious attacking side. We've had huge improvements in our defensive side of things. But um, I think our, our attack is something now that we just really need to, you know, kind of take it upon ourselves to to work that out and, and get it right. Okay, that was Tiernan Halloran, and uh, he was quite interesting there, Lenny. A few interesting things to say. 
Yeah, I think he's um, after the the ten weeks that it's it's been quite a ch- challenge for them in this ten weeks to change the way that they think and the the, the what how they play the game after, as he said himself, after three or four years with with Pat Lamb, and. And the start was a little bit delayed because obviously Karen Keane couldn't get over over here until after the, the the Super Rugby, and so they were training, you know, without, you know, his eye on them. And I think when he came in, obviously he needed to change a few more things around that they probably weren't expecting. And it has taken that 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 extra time. And as Turnan said himself, he you know they were doing things that maybe there was another way of doing it or you know to change things up, chop things up. So they had to learn all over again to start and. I think they have made massive improvements, but it has taken, we all know it has taken them a while to do those things. And, you know, I think from here on in, you know, um, I, I think this break, and it, when you go into the next block, I seriously think that Kieran Keane and, and players like Turnan will be looking to take this consistency up to the next level. I think Turnan was also very aware of the fact that He's not. He is one of the leaders in the team, and he's not playing in the autumn internationals. So, he said himself that although obviously he hoped, I think that he would get that call to say he was in. He was expecting. He was expecting to get a call that he wasn't in, and that is exactly what happened. That Joe did ring him and say that he really needed. He had had the injuries, obviously, and he had the hip pointer, and that he needed a few more games under his belt. So he's kind of accepted that that was unfortunately the way it was going to be this this season. And we'll now hear from Cheetahs coach Rory Duncan. Rory, that was a tough, hard, physical game. What's your reaction to the result? Yeah, I think um, Connacht played uh, played a good game. They played an intelligent game, certainly in their first half. And um, yeah, we just uh, made one or two mistakes in the game, and I think. Uh, made life difficult for us, and, and um, I think the comeback in the end was just a little bit uh, too little, too late. Were the conditions something that you were a bit of a challenge? Yeah, certainly when the when when the wind started howling in their first half and we got pinned down, um, you know, obviously uh, it doesn't take a genius to figure out it was it was quite difficult for our guys to get out there. Um, so yeah, we, we we got a little bit schooled up in the in the kicking game in that first uh, first half. Um, I thought second half we were a little bit better, but um, yeah, obviously, obviously not enough to to get the win. Did you feel the accuracy came? You just said the actually your accuracy came too late in the game. You you sort of you seem to get better after about sixty sixty two minutes. You seem to get your pattern going. Yeah, look, it, the, 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 there were a number of errors in the game that that just sort of slowed momentum or stopped momentum, didn't allow us to sort of get into our um, into our rhythm in the game. And um, that uh, that made life difficult, especially in the first half. Second half, we, we, we sort of gained a bit of momentum. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think that, 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 that the try in the second half would have been great if we could have held the guys out um, from there. But, you know, Connacht were on the goal line and, and, and they did well to get over. And then that penalty as well in that, that, that second half, um, you know, obviously put us in a position that, in the, towards the back end of the game, we were fighting an eight-point, um, fighting an eight-point lead, which um, obviously is a lot easier within one one uh, scoring opportunity. So, there's another game for you up in in the Northern Hemisphere. What you, you're learning all the time about Northern Hemisphere rugby? Is there anything that still catches you off guard? 
<laughs> well, look, you know, we 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 knew the, the weather, though, but you know, it, it seemed to be great up until just before kickoff, and then all of a sudden the wind picked up and the and the rain came down and and, and all the rest of it. So, um, no, look, uh, you know. I think I think from a physical perspective, our guys have have, have obviously realised that that you know you you've got to front up, and I think the defence lines for both teams were were relatively good tonight. I thought Conant were, were exceptional on defence tonight. You know they um, we against a lot of the other teams, we managed to get a bit of momentum on on uh, um, on attack tonight. We 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 didn't quite get that momentum going, but um, uh, yeah, we we've we are learning. We are learning. You know we'll obviously go back and have a, have a look at the video now and see. What areas we could have really taken advantage of, um, but uh, yeah, every game is a is a learning process in this competition. You must feel fairly confident of how you're playing at home when you get your own own conditions um, and you maybe have drier ball and better weather to to play the game you really want to play. It's going to be a big challenge for any team going down there. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, I actually had a chat to my wife this morning and she said to me. Uh, 10 o'clock this morning was 30 odd degrees in Bloemfontein. So um, we're looking forward to Edinburgh and Scarlet's coming down. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a, a definite change in climate for those guys. Um, look, it's, it's obviously drier, drier pitches is you know makes life easier to 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 move the ball around in that. Um, so yeah, and a couple of teams have, have obviously um, said that the altitude's been a bit of a challenge. So um, you know we obviously enjoy playing at home, but it's it's always nice to play at home, you know, familiar environment. Um, so yeah, we've got two 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 home games now coming up, um, and and we obviously need to pick up points in that um, in those games. Okay, Paki, who impressed you from the cheaters' perspective? Um, I like well the replacement tight hit the size of him was very good but man he can scrummage um, but it's a shame that they're losing uh, Mapimpi because he's box office like he's just when he gets the ball something happens um, Knee was like that tonight as well actually but um, Mapimpi is a great box office I like the look of that uh, fullback as well actually um, he really went for it uh, put in serious bunch of hits ran the ball back with intent um, when they get their their scum was good their line was very good they're a good set piece team and they launch well and they're exciting to watch so yeah they certainly are and and I just the, the, the sheer velocity at which they hit both in defence and with the ball in hand was outstanding I, I was just in awe of that all night ok Dave you had you were interested in how they, they finished off this with the scrummage I think you need to you need to look at how the defence was because but frankly what happened was we were making these big hits these guys were running into us every single Connacht player made a big hit and every single Connacht player got hit hard and then the knock-on effect that was that was Omi Kilner has gone after 25 minutes we see Craig Olsen has gone at half time we lose Quinn Rue I don't know if that was tactical if that was an injury but James Cannon then gets a dead leg or seems to get a rolled ankle or something and Gavin Thornbury was on one ankle was on one leg at the end of the game so with the final scrum which thankfully we got in and out and kicked out kicked out well, actually, we got a penalty from it. We got a penalty, which was even weird. Which is even weirder given the situation. Finney Bealham is in the second row, yes. uh, which I, I'm not an expert on the scums. I, I, I think they're for strange people who do strange things. Um, but I, I, my, Mike, I bow to my esteemed colleagues and think it's not the greatest idea to have a tight head prop in the second row. No, no, I would have stuck him on the flank and maybe used one of the back rows in the second row. Okay, so we did finish with players all over the field and playing in very different positions, but there was a few good performances, William. Yeah, two stood out for me. Niadi Loken, uh, who looks back to his absolute best. Um, full speed, 
made some good tackles and was ready for work. And Nulaya Daiwai, and I've got that. I've got that. Nalia Daiwai? Dowie. Dowie. Nalia Dowie. Nalia Dowie. Nalia Dowie, who stood up to some of the physicality. There was a South Africans were dropping a few elbows, a few forearms going in, but he was up for the, for the argument and he tightened up the whole effort. Uh, maybe he's more used to that type of rugby, uh, playing in the Southern Hemisphere, and I hope he kicks on now and really starts looking for a uh, starting place. He's probably been a little frustrated waiting. Okay, we're coming to the final section of the podcast. Um, plenty of any other business. We're going to start out with some... Nice, good, positive, positive business from uh, the ladies or the women's team. Sorry, the women's team with um, Claire Malloy. Yeah, she won the um, Rugby Writers of Ireland uh, Women's Player of the Year award, and it's a great advertisement for the ladies, the women's game. It's also a great advertisement for Connacht, and I think it comes on the back of Sinanopu having also won that award as well, playing for Connacht. Um, now. The fascinating thing about, actually about Claire Malloy is we, well, we all know she's a Galway girl and we all know that she played ladies Gaelic for Galway as well. But the funniest thing is she doesn't actually play for Connacht, but she's from Connacht. Yeah. And she actually said herself that, and she's never played for a, a, a Connacht team as such because she only learnt her rugby when she went to, to uh, Bristol University. And she was at sorry, Cardiff University at what she went to. And that was actually as a result of the fact that her, she didn't get enough uh, points in her leaving cert for her maths. So she had actually chosen this as an alternative route to do medicine because she's a fully qualified A&E doctor. And so that's what she went. There's no Gaelic football over there. So she decided she would turn her hand to rugby and obviously has been extremely successful at it. She said, but as a result, she's never played for Galwegians. She doesn't play with Connacht. But she's very proud of the fact that when her when her she, her name is put on a team sheet, that it has Bristol mm-hmm. stroke Connacht, and she's very proud of that fact because she knows that all the work that has gone into rugby, particularly in the west of Ireland, for for women's rugby. So she won the award on behalf of you know what she would say all the women and the women's game and was delighted to do so and one of the most interesting i think things about claire malloy and and women's rugby is that obviously it has been in the news recently women's rugby about the, the part-timers um as opposed to the men's game claire malloy is an a&e doctor but she's actually had to work reduce her hours and go part-time work to enable herself to actually train and to play rugby for Ireland and represent Ireland. So I think that's just another another fascinating aspect of the women's game and how possibly it needs to be developed. But also, I suppose that she does have a very, very difficult job at the same time. Yes, A&E doctor. That can't be nice. We did mention Galwegians earlier in that comment and we've got a big game next week. for um, Paki, do we, do we know exactly where it is? Yeah, we do. Um, no, massive game. Corinthians against Galwegians, local derby. Friday night in Glenina. Um, under lights... Uh, it promises to be a cracker. They, you know, they always are local rivals. Uh, I'd urge anybody to go to it. Um, there's no rugby on. Um, go to that. Have a few sarsaparillas and head in for town. Um, I can't think of anything better to do on a Friday night. And talking about AIL, we have some information about the BNI Cup sort of um, losing its, well, just disappearing. Yeah, BNI Cup was uh, put out there ju- uh, during the week. Uh, the BNI Cup is finishing this season. Um, it looks like the IRFU are going to 
run off an A competition at the beginning of the season, um, home and away between all the provinces, and then the players are going to go uh, back to their clubs. Uh, sounds like a good thing for clubs that the players are coming, but there's a double-edged sword there. A lot of these guys can't train with their clubs on a Tuesday, and then on a Thursday, they, can, you know, they can't really train much either. Plus the fact that uh, a player could be pulled at the last minute on a club, so um, there's uh, you know a lot of water to run before you know we can find out how exactly this will work. But I hope the clubs get the support and backing because the club game does flag a little bit um, with provincial rugby like this. So um, you know, much like uh, next Friday night, you're going to see loads of these academy players out. Um, it would raise the profile of rugby in the West as well if we had, you know, three and four teams up into Division One. If we could get that way, it would indeed. And talking about interprovincials, William, you've got a, an issue with the jerseys that are worn during interprovincials. Well, it's it's just a suggestion. Munster turned up here last week and played in black. Um, if you want to preserve, if they want to push this, they seem to have jerseys for every occasion. So let's go back to proper interprovincial colours. Munster play in red, Ulster play in white, Connacht play in green, and Leinster play in, in dark blue. They can still have the ads on the jerseys. They can have a special jersey for the six Interpro games. And let's take it back a step further and make them play in their club socks, which is the way Interprovincials used to be played when I was a wee fella, which was a long time ago. Uh, and I would also suggest there's a potential to have a, a winner an actual winner of the Interprovincials Championship when you've played all the Interprovincial games off and you can actually say, well, there is a champion. And I think that would add some spice to it, especially if there are games at the end of the season that are maybe a little bit of a dead game. You don't know where they're going to go. If a side is already qualified, uh, I suspect the sponsors and Pro 14 and stuff will go bananas about that, but the jerseys is very doable uh, and they should be playing in their proper colours. Uh, there was no clash of colours last week. I, it's mind-boggling why Munster weren't in red. I fully support that, absolutely. Now, during the week, we had an um, interesting site, uh, a site, one of the rugby sites who claims to know all and everything about rugby, tweeted out a, a, a photo of, of Bundy and, and I, I found it, distasteful and that was bad enough but then but then they blamed a poor intern and who was from New Zealand <laughs> and sort of threw him under the bus uh, you know I, it was just disappointing Dave yeah it was they were wrong good that's we, we don't need to say any more than that do we I've said my piece I've said my piece on this absolutely we'll, 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 we'll leave it at that 